Welcome to Disambiguation. I'm your host, Michael Fawcett. Each week, we interview experts in AI, generative AI, and business automation to help business leaders understand how to use these tools for the biggest business impact. In our show today, we look at um, methods for business benefits and challenges of implementing AI-enabled CRM. I'm joined by PBK, Head of Market Strategy for Customer Experience Group at Zoho Corporation. So, PBK, welcome. Thank, thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me. Great. Um, and uh, I should probably set the context because this is not my normal studio. Um, but we're, uh, we're in uh, McAllen, Texas at um, Zoho Day 2024. So it's an analyst summit where uh, we get to meet with a lot of different people from Zoho. And so because, um, you know, I did cover recently uh, with RUM, the, um, the overall AI strategy, I wanted to talk today with you, PBK, about specifically kind of what you're, you're doing with AI in the CX suite and, and what customers are seeing, what, you know, what kind of benefit. Uh, but, but before we jump into questions, just give us a little bit of a background. You know, what do you do? Who are you? Where'd you come from? All that good stuff. So um, I'm, I'm PBK. Uh, my name is Prashant Viravali Krishnaswamy, but uh, most people know me as PVK, and that's, that's how I'm known internally as well. And um, I've been with Zoho for about 12 years. I currently lead what we call market strategy for the CX group, which is a group of products uh, that includes uh, marketing, sales, service, uh, commerce, and parts of AI and BI as well. So at a day-to-day -day level, I'm essentially involved in a lot of the upmarket strategy for Zoho. Uh, and I, I speak with analysts such as yourself and with our large customers and uh, with SI partners and people like that, essentially just to make things easier for us to move up market. Sure. Well, and, and I should say, I sat in your session earlier today, a panel with some of the customers, and, and it was an, an interesting discussion, I think. And um, so we can probably move some of that into the answers as we go through this too, because definitely good learning. Um, you know, where I'd like to start though is, is really how do you, how is AI integration in CRM, has it, has it transformed how businesses interact with their customers? It is. I think that's a brilliant question to start with because um, it gives us the opportunity to set broader context as well. Um, <clears throat> so the, the, the biggest impact that I think um, that, a, that AI brings is that it's able to reduce effort and raise quality in every interaction at scale right? mm. without involving effort from any of sure. the individual stakeholders. Interesting. So, so it really does help um, scale out your organization. It's um, like some people call that force multiplier. I think that's a, a way to think of it. So it increases productivity. Um, I particularly think in the you know in the customer service delivery, those interactions. It seems really like that's a, a big part of the benefit. Yeah. So. And what are some of the most significant benefits that companies are getting by using AI in their CRM system? Uh, so, as a vendor, when we look at it, um, when we look at how we apply AI to our, our customers, we generally look at um, see five or six um, levers, right? Mm. Uh, the first is, of course, effort, uh, which sure. we look to reduce. The second is about um, insights or intelligence, which would take a human being uh, extremely um, a long amount of time to mm. essentially just uh, to glean from all the data sources and things like that. So infusing intelligence or infusing mm. insights, that's the second one. Third is, of course, raising quality. Um, that's uh, that's already, we're already seeing you know, ways of doing that already. And um, the fourth is about uh, improving uh, sort of collaboration or, or um, making collaboration easier mm. uh, between human beings. And um, the, the fifth one is about uh, essentially upholding security and privacy. Okay. 
that those are those are those are sort of the, the areas where we see uh, each persona in the customer journey being impacted by ai mm. so so just to give us a little more around um you know examples of how you know ai tools features uh how are they you know how are customers seeing those as uh, how effective are they what where areas do they gain and and specifically on what are the what are the tools what are you guys doing with them and i know you've done some you have some generative ai capabilities you have some traditional ai capabilities so maybe we can just kind of hit on a few of those um interaction points and how that helps sure sure um so with respect to um, some some aspects of deliverability deliverability we use a little bit of ai at the background but that's the sort of ai that's invisible to anybody right, right? um we we view some ai in in fraud detection we use some ai in um spam filtering all of that mm-hmm. stuff right then um there's 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 the ai that you can immediately see which is something like the best time to contact a customer or the best right. channel to use to contact right. a customer right then there's uh, there's ai that you summon for example asking for a for a summary of of um, a bunch of interactions with a customer mm. or asking it to write uh, uh you know a, a piece of content or refine something that you've already written sure. um you could run it through a readability filter and things like that so that's one that's one way and then when you're essentially sharing information internally when you're in customer support in the front lines Mm. you need to be able to share critical customer context so that sure. the rest of the organization works on that context otherwise mm. they're going to be building something that the customer doesn't need right yeah. so when you're doing that uh, the ability to redact personal information is important mm. that's another area where ai can come in because it's not really practical for a person to go through 50 mm. emails and, and and essentially just redact yeah. everything right so that's not how that works so that's another example of of what it is and of course the, the elephant in the room chatbots we are not going to uh ignore that but uh that's like not even the tip of the iceberg that's sure. the tip of the iceberg seen 200 miles away right? uh, there's a, a vast majority of capabilities that are far more um uh, advanced and and enable far more productivity mm-hmm. well i you know i i did a communication survey last year actually and and if you if you ask people straight out like do you do you want to talk to a chatbot for customer service you know what they're going to say right they of course they say no but if you if you lay the question out differently i was i was pleasantly surprised to see um that if you set it up in a hybrid way it's much more acceptable to the customer like okay i don't mind talking to a chatbot and if i get an answer that's great if i don't get an answer it quickly escalates to the agent and that human in the loop then helps kind of close that off and um and and so from the customer perspective that's it but now i know that's not really true because you've given the agent capabilities there too right so mm-hmm. you mentioned searching for answers already so that's one of them um and then uh the fact that they have an assistant to help you know deal with that and then the other thing you said that i think is really important and i have this issue a lot when i deal with customer service is the fact that you pass context through the whole chain yeah that's 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 i think that's really important so and one of the things that that we introduced uh, uh, along those lines with respect to uh, bots in in service is mm. what we call blended conversations mm. um we introduced that way back in uh, in 2022 december i think sure. and um what it does is it brings um, self service bot capabilities um to the agent so that Uh, the agent is then able to delegate specific tasks in a conversation with a customer so it's yeah. it makes the load in a hell of a lot lighter for yeah. the agent huh. right and they're able to punch away about their weight and they're able to serve more customers and so on and mm. you're also assured of the precision with which bots execute sure so so that's um 
so you keep the human in the loop even Absolutely. more. But at the same time, you're, you, you can pass things into the assistant so that you can deal with the customer and focus on the customer rather than having to try to go search a database to find something or whatever. So the human remains in charge of the experience, but the bot mm -hmm. is able to power it. I love that. That I think that's really, um, but that really does provide both sides of that, right? So you get the automation, you get that force multiplier, and you also uh, maintain that um, context and control with the customer, so yep. they feel like they are having a good experience, a good interchange. Yeah, that that's that sounds really interesting. Um, so if we if we think about it, how does AI and CRM? You know, we we talked about personalization for a long time. So how how does AI help? companies with personalization, personalizing customer experiences across all those interaction points? So personalization is, is interesting because um, it's, it's multidimensional and it's not multidimensional in the same way for every organization, right? It, mm. It's dynamic and multidimensional. Yeah. So uh, for example, something like the, the recency of an engagement, like how frequently do you engage? Uh, how, when was the last time you engaged with the customer? What happened, what transpired in that conversation, in that interaction? Was it a, um, a, a, a step in the, a long path in the journey or was it in the final step, or, mm. right? Or was it just the beginning of the journey? All of these things decide, uh, you know, how much personalization can be delivered. And personalization is also, of course, um, a really touchy topic because, mm. uh, you know, most organizations have essentially resorted to trial and error to figure out how much is too much. Right, right. right. So you, you have to be really careful that you don't cross some line that makes the customer feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, you want to individualize that experience as much as possible to meet their needs, whether that's, you know, I, I would imagine, especially up front in, in the prospecting, selling, delivering process, that would be really important. Absolutely. And, and, and um, regulations, you know, regulatory compliance is essentially just the lowest bar you can keep, mm. right? Uh, losing trust is far higher than yep. that. And you're going to lose trust way before you have you commit a regulatory violation. So right. um, the, the idea is generally to be, you know, more transparent with, with personalization and say, mm. if you don't want, um, uh, you know, uh, some of your data being used in the personalization process, then you are aware of what trade-offs are involved. Right? That's, the, mm. that's the practical approach. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so you kind of bring up something else that I, I would love to just explore a little bit, and that's how your system deals with privacy and security. Because I know, I know at Zoho that's a, that's a common topic, and I've had many conversations with other you know, executives and leads to, to talk about that. But how specifically in the customer data world are we protecting privacy and, um, and security? So for us, it's really straightforward. I mean, um, all of us have gone through the gazillion courses and, and, and <laughs> certifications and things like that. We've been through that, but the sort of the tenets internally are really simple. You only collect what you need when you need mm. uh, for a specific purpose. And that specific purpose has to be stated along with mm. that, that purpose. You also talk about how long you plan to retain that information and why, right? Uh, and once this is all agreed upon, it's set in stone. Sure. Right. So there's enough transparency there, and then you also have agreement across the organization and permission from, yeah, okay. That, that, I think that's, that's really important. And obviously, the regulations differ greatly across the world. So I think the, the higher standard is the, yeah. That, the more moral code of, yeah. You know, and I think we, 
prefer to be as granular as possible with the permissions regardless of whether customers themselves care to use them because there will we believe personally that there will come a time when customers will um put privacy ahead of all other factors right and in in many markets it's already happening mm. so so we want to essentially take that path and and be the leader there yeah i mean certainly there's been a lot of backlash around privacy data and and um and the fact that you know if if what's the saying if uh, if you don't see the product you are the product or something like that <laughs> you don't pay for it you are the product yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, that's what it is um um so so what kind of what other challenges as you and you talked to a lot of customers i know so what kind of challenges are they seeing when they're implementing this how you know how do they make sure that they get good adoption and that they really get the results that they're looking for uh, do do you mean particularly in context of ai Uh, yeah, yeah, perfect. Okay, yeah. okay. So I think one of the most um, challenging things for us has been to get customers to understand that AI is extremely deep um, and mm-hmm. that it's not something you flick a switch on and it works. That is that is also what it is, but that's mm-hmm. not exactly what all of what it is. Right. right? So um, you know, you you have to start with um, like really strong data controls in place. You have to start with stated purposes. You have to start with um, somewhat of a semblance of a time frame in mind. Uh, fix on you know mm-hmm. what what um, levers you want to pull. For example, what kind of um, value you want AI to drive in the organization and things like that. So um, very very similar to how you would go if you started to buy a CRM today. uh you this you have to think of this as a long term implementation that's critical right. it's heart of the company it's going to make or break the trust the customers have on you so a lot sure. of that stuff works as well but on the other side uh you know the rewards are phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, and and so there is a lot of effort involved but the rewards are disproportionately high so um, you know it may seem like an like a um an unviable proposition if you right. take the long route but it's more than worth it. Mm. Well, you know, some of the some of the customers that we saw in the customer panel talked a little bit about that journey too. Can you give us a little bit of color from those conversations? Sure. Uh with with our customers um uh, from from the panel predominantly what happens is they're essentially seeking to um uh, streamline uh, the vast majority of their um, business either just to generate operational efficiencies or yeah. to um, sort of orient themselves toward a period of growth uh, this may be driven by you know availability of capital or them going public or something like that but right. but the idea is they're trying to um, get their systems in order so that they're able to do the next 10x far more easily than they did, sure. did the previous one right yeah. yeah i mean that that's that's logical right you want to it, it needs to be comprehensive but at the same time you've got to make sure that you get the results that you're looking for and move incrementally across that too yeah that Perfect. that that makes sense well so i know there are a lot of there's a lot of discussion a lot of noise maybe around ethical considerations when it comes to ai and i would think particularly around the customer part of the of the experience and of the system so can you talk a little bit about that i mean how does how does zoho see that how have you approached that for your customers um for us uh, you know we we essentially err on the side of caution which is that uh, it's okay if we're not able to do the best personalization in the market but we certainly don't want to be the one doing that at the cost of privacy right, right? right. so we're we're certainly clear about that um, and we personally believe that the market will skew in our favor eventually um, mm. there will essentially be a certain um, 
for lack of better term gold rush on <laughs> in terms yeah. of you know how much ai you can and uh, you can build into your organization but eventually it will all come down to a stable point where mm. where things have a trade off right yeah. so that's the that's the main thing for us uh, mm. in terms of uh, in terms of ai and also the other thing is you know we we're extremely careful you know all the way from the architecture uh, that we don't want to use one customer's um, data to train another customer's ai right. and right. and things like that and and so we by virtue of taking a more um, first principles view of 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 these things we actually don't have to worry about a lot of these issues at all mm. systemically yeah that's that's good i mean the 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 data obviously is one of the biggest pieces of having an effective implementation of ai whether it's traditional or generative or the combination right so i would think that the fact that your data model data layer is pervasive across the whole suite must be a huge advantage when you're trying to to build out those systems and and functions absolutely um you know at the risk of sounding a little uh, proud i would say uh, it's good to be proud <laughs> rome was not built in a day nor was no, zoho so no. these things take time we sure. we essentially just stayed the course yeah I I think um I mean that's one of the big advantages to having um as many applications as you have integrated across the business and certainly some companies go into it in CRM CX customer service or other you know others going from different directions so that makes sense I you know one of the things that I um I know for a while and I've I've played around with Zia the the assistant so can you tell us just a little bit about functional uh, functionally how Zia really helps across the CRM the, the customer life cycle sure um Zia is essentially just our uh, just our intelligent assistance across mm-hmm. you know the entirety of the stack not just with sure. CX particularly so um you could start working on a marketing idea on on one of our office applications mm-hmm. and essentially Zia starts right there Uh, right yeah. and then you're able to uh, get that down into uh, project management and then zia is able to visualize a lot of this information as well and then you move that into the sales pipeline zia is able to make recommendations on the best time to contact a customer uh, the best way to contact yeah. a customer as well as you know a variety of uh, uh, other things to do with sales itself and then you move into customer service where um, mm. zia is able to answer questions for customers uh, predict sentiments assign triage tickets accordingly and things like that right and in the end if you if you need a blended view of the entire organization you're able to just type in a bunch of things and mm-hmm. zia creates those dashboards for you yeah well you know sentiments an interesting one and i i've heard this a few times in sessions oh yesterday and today um and i i don't know that i'd really thought about how beneficial this could be in a in the middle of an interaction but talk talk a little bit about that how does that work for the agent or or i guess it works across the whole cx suite right but particularly in the customer service world i think that would be particularly interesting and useful for sure um so one of the ways that sentiment helps is is that you're able to essentially gauge the tone of an email or something like that and automatically mm-hmm. triage to a senior agent on the team or something like that and if you're able to mm-hmm. apply additional qualifiers like if this is from a key customer if this is from a customer um, or a, or a prospect who's looking at a $250,000 deal or something mm-hmm. like that then uh, you're automatically able to add qualifiers to that to 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 um, uh, shape that further sure. uh, but it also helps for example when a sales uh, um, you know sales sales person is essentially reaching out to the customer and they already know that the customers had a negative um, you know interaction previously mm. so they know this may not be the time or that they should probably check in internally to 
to see if their grievance has been addressed or something like that right. before they reach out mm. uh what where it it goes even further than that is for example if you use generative ai to generate a summary of the customer's relationship then sentiment is baked into all of that as well so um the the gen ai is then able to generate the the summary all the way up to the last interaction that they've had it may have been just minutes ago mm. right so um uh, sentiment mm. plays a role in all of these things and right. it at some level of course it's also about how the the human being decides to use that information right sure um sure i mean because you have to apply it for it to to matter but but even having the capability and the other thing you just said is um is intriguing too because of the you know obviously case history we know you know has has been around for a while but it's not always the easiest thing to look at but having an assistant that could summarize those interactions for you quickly um so that you actually did have all the context that seems like that's a huge benefit to the customer it is i mean for sure it is i mean at the day to day level but it, when you also consider a large organization and this change management and all mm. that involved um and people are always switching teams or switching processes or things like sure. that that's going to help that a lot oh that's true too i mean even even switching um job roles etc yeah hmm. so as we you know kind of start to wind down a bit i you know i get a lot of questions from companies that are thinking about um using ai in their business generative of course lately because that's been the hot conversation but but really across the the business so you know if if i was looking for uh, looking to adopt ai in this in my crm system what what kind of advice would you give them how should they think of this and how um you know how do they make sure that they go into this with the right mindset perfect um i think that's uh, i i wrote about that a couple of weeks ago on on um, uh, an article and the 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 thing i recommend the most is to start with um uh, you know having a clear idea of what kind of value they're looking mm. at for example do you want to um uh, improve the quality of customer interactions in sure. the service department or do you want to uh, improve um uh, or, or, or sort of reduce the the Uh, time to uh, purchase or things like that just essentially have a, a clarity on uh, what area of value you f- to focus on right? right and then then you start looking at uh, the underlying details like do you have the data controls in place or do you collect the right information for this ai to be effective at all mm. uh, and then you have to start looking at time frames you have to start looking at um ideally planning this out like a, a proper crm uh, implementation roadmap so you have a little a few of the little wins that mm. get you all the way through Sure. And and if I if I'm thinking about using AI in my CRM or customer experience um strategy, I mean what what advice do you have? I, maybe I'm nervous about getting in. I mean, should I think about it now? Should I is it a longer term strategy? How should I think about that? It's definitely long term, uh but you know, what you can do with AI today in about 18 months from now it's going to look like the past right it's go- mm-hmm. it's going to be taken for granted yeah. and every you know essentially in a certain sense there's more law in effect although that's not <laughs> it's out of context here but yeah but- it, it does apply so uh, that stuff certainly going to happen right so the way i would look at it is to think about this long term and to deal with it one step at a time mm-hmm. and the the number of moving parts here will never reduce it's always going to right. be higher and as we collect more information about the customer you have more information to plug to the personalization sure. engines and things like that so it it is always going to get more complex 
so right. you have to essentially draw the line on how much complexity you, you want to take up um, the, mm. the and keep things as finite as possible so you're able to measure and move forward in the right sure. way sure well and, and it sounds like you're saying that if you get in now and you think of this as a longer journey then you're going to grow with this across that period of time but if i'm gonna, if i'm afraid i put this off then by the time i'm back to it it's a completely different proposition because of the fact that it changes so much absolutely it's like thinking think of something like this right you have um you have no crm you're essentially going from email and spreadsheet all the way into ai that's not going to happen <laughs> anytime so that think, is a jump <laughs> <laughs> so when 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 more advanced ai comes in that jump is, is also going to be a huge uh, right. leap right so it's better to do this one step at a time and 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 incrementally as more capabilities are there you can evaluate them and build them into your process for yeah. sure that's that's amazing thank you um you know that really helpful and i really really appreciate you sitting down with me for a little while today i know it's been a busy couple of days for you so always happy to much sit appreciated down. always happy before i let you go mm-hmm. i always like to ask if you could give a recommendation for the audience some thought leader an author somebody that you think it would be really helpful for them um to to take a look at and learn from um so i think uh, a few people that i that i want to also um, talk about one is uh, shridhar the our ceo mm. um for essentially being one of the most practical software leaders that i've that i've had yeah. the chance to meet and the other is of course um, uh, yourself and and liz, liz miller uh, because i essentially run to you both for a lot of advice on 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 whether we're doing things right or what sure. how we should approach things just um for the practical advice that that works for zoho great thank you Perfect. i really appreciate it thank you very much and uh for for the audience uh hope you en- enjoyed this good uh, good uh, conversation that we had today uh so that's it from uh, mcallen texas absolutely thank you thank, thank you for you. having me i'm happy to be here again okay. cheers thanks And that's the show for this week. Thank you all for joining. Remember to hit that subscribe button. And for more on AI and other software research reports and posts, check out the arianresearch.com/blog and/researchreports. And don't forget to join us next week. I'm Michael Fossett and this is the Disambiguation Podcast.